listener production. You, you, you got clear questions, we got clear answers. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to another episode of Come Out Wherever You Are. It is a Friday, and that means it's time for your favorite segment, Queer Questions, where I unpack, dive deep into a piece of news or culture that is very relevant that queer people cannot stop talking about. You got queer questions, we got queer answers. So we got a listener question, and I'm going to play it for you very, very shortly. But to answer the question, which I will play for you very, very shortly, I needed to bring in someone special to help answer the question. This person has joined an elusive club. Only three people have ever been on this show twice. And it's all of our friends, Denny Todorovich, Sandy McIntyre, and now Kath I'm so happy to be in studio. Yeah. Yeah, because last time was lockdown. Oh my goodness. So sad. If you want to hear Kath's coming out story, they have come out multiple times as many different beautiful letters of this uh, rainbow alphabet. You can just scroll back, I think, to season two. Let's go with season two. Scroll back. You'll find it. How are you, babe? Um, I'm okay. Yeah? Yeah. Chill? Today? Yeah. I don't like today. No, but we're going <laughs> to... You know what? This is going to make the day better yeah. because we're going to help someone because someone has a question for us. Exactly. And also I think maybe um, being in connection is going to help my mood today. There you so go. Community. Yeah. You are here. You are here as a voice. There's no right answer. We are not the voices of the community. Someone has a question. We're going to do our best to answer it. Exactly. So let's get to the question. Okay. Please. Hit me. My question is, how is an identity as bisexual, not transphobic and or uh, non-binary erasing? Um, it's to me an extremely archaic term Um, it's pandering to a religious conservative view of the world and also highly focused on sexual activity which is no one's business Um, I think to me bisexuality needs to go the way of being gay that's moved from a hyper focus on sexual activity just through that constant messaging and that advocating um, it's moved to a point where now we see gay and lesbian relationships as I that person is a man who exclusively has romantic relationships with men and that's the extent of it no further questions are asked about sexual preference um, we've moved on Wow. So many layers to There that. is a lot to unpack I'm here. like, I just wish I could take it like line by line. Yeah. Um, What's your first thought? Because I have a lot to say. Uh, I understand where he, he yeah. I understand where he is coming from, but I have, I have a few disagrees. Mm. Um, I understand that like bisexuality, like the term bisexual is kind of, I guess, in in some way outdated. But I also think, for me, when I think of bisexuality, it refers to someone that is not is attracted to more than one gender. Mm. So it does include non-binary people. And I think that has kind of changed and grown with, you know, the times now that we have, you know, more visibility and those conversations are happening and, you know, we have more of an understanding that there isn't just man and woman. Mm. Um, and also, again, like, 
I think a lot of the time we forget about intersex people and I think that they are included in this conversation and that conversation about bisexuality. Um, yeah, I do think to an extent it's maybe an outdated I agree. term, but I also think we've kind of, you know, I'm not going to say rewritten it, but I think, I don't know, for me when I hear by like someone that's bisexual, I see it as like, oh, you're attracted to more than one gender. Mm. You know what I mean? Not, mm. oh, you're only attracted to two genders. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. What about you? Yeah, my first thought was gay and lesbian do not have the word sexual attached to them. Yeah, I didn't understand this like, oh, let's stop talking about who people... It sounds like a very like, oh, like, why does it matter who people are sleeping with? I'm like, well, I'm also being gay or a lesbian or bisexual or pansexual or whatever like it doesn't actually like who you sleep with may sometimes come into it but you can be asexual and Mm. be gay like we're not I don't know I feel like I think what he meant though was homosexual yeah is different than gay and lesbian we what we what we did through the strong uh AIDS HIV revolution of of reclaiming the word queer of reclaiming the word gay or dyke that was used against us was they were standalone words that could represent us without having sexuality attached to it. Yeah. The masses justifiably during that time in the 80s and 90s were very focused on our sex lives in a way that we do not always do with, quote, straight people. And that's because the word sexual is not attached to it the way heterosexual immediately like a definition in a dictionary or like a medical book makes you think pure sex. And the reality is we've come a long way as people have started to understand that our romantic relationships and our sexual relationships are not so dissimilar Mm -hmm. to everyone else's. We have sex. We think about it the same way that you have sex. We do it different ways with different types of people. And so I guess when I heard his thought, I was like, I mean, I could understand why have we stepped away so far from homosexual recently tangent, Mm. Jack Vigian had an article written about him and it said, Jack, comma, a homosexual, comma. Did it? My first thought was like, (gasps) was it the Daily Mail? It was a Daily Mail. Of course. Of course it was. But I gassed. I literally gassed and I thought, we've moved away from that. And if that's how I felt, then this caller's not so wrong in going, why are we making bi, which is just a beautiful, it's just like love. They have the ability to connect emotionally, physically with people of multiple genders. Mm -hmm. Where when we throw sex on it, people outside the community who might even be well-intended allies are immediately thinking, oh, they just like to root boys and girls. And so through that lens, right. I've been like, okay, interesting point. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I guess I didn't hear it like that, but you're totally right in that way. And I guess the same thing maybe could be said for like pansexual. Exactly. But I also don't think like if you are someone that is attracted to multiple genders, you like I think his alternative was like we should just be calling bisexual people depending on their gender gay or lesbian or like another term and I don't necessarily think that's right and I think labels have a lot of power and importance in within our community less so about outside of our community but they do help in that sense as well yeah I've always felt like the average person who's trying to do good, this is a person calling in because they're interested in understanding more, but just well-intended allies like our parents when we first came mm-hmm. out are trying to understand this is how humans work, structure, rule, like wow, what's a pattern that I can understand? And so if they're seeing confu- like a lack of pattern in our community, gay, lesbian, 
straight, and then all of a sudden bisexual, pansexual, asexual. He's not wrong in saying, well, there is a pattern there. Three of these things are purely about sex, and the other two, we've come to a place where it's not just about that. Mm. And clearly that's true because we've evolved away from homosexual. But I've never viewed it like that. Like, have like I mean, which, which is also a great perspective, but yeah. I'm also like, are people, like, why are we, like, are people that obsessed with sex that they hear bisexual and all of a sudden think of people fucking? Maybe. I mean, I guess the question like, is... Then I go, like, you need to have some exposure therapy if you hear the word bisexual, pansexual, and you're mm. like, it's too much sex. I'm like, oh, grow up. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, my thought, because what came to mind when I heard it was we are very sexualized outside of our community. Oh my God, tell me about it. As a lesbian, it's like... It's a constant conversation. you guys see that? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) They feel like it's their right to understand it. Actually, interesting. On on that point, like I did a QA and a yesterday on my Instagram and I get this question like all the time and I've never like... I don't know why I've never answered it. I was just like... But yesterday I was like, all right, so it's repetitive, so I'll ask it. And literally the question is like, how do I eat pussy? And I get it a lot on Instagram, which Mm. is funny and also in real life um and I before I came out I had a boyfriend and I was publicly with him as well not once Never. not fucking how do you once have a blowjob? did Never. I get asked how do you how do you have sex with him yeah. how do you have a blowjob like not once and then as soon as I was publicly with someone that had a vagina it was like all I ever got asked and yeah. I'm like how do you have sex I don't know yeah. like so I yeah I agree with the fact that, like, our community is so, like, people are so sex-obsessed when thinking, talking, or even, you know, being new to, you know, maybe bisexuality or gender queerness or, I mean, sorry, um, sexuality, like, being queer. Yeah. If you were taking the most sympathetic and empathetic approach to answering the question, you would go or even asking the question, you would go, well, what's the intent of asking it? And it's like, well, if we could, because I got that sense from him, like if we could move in the direction he said of gay and lesbian. So clearly he's saying, is there a way for us, if we could, to remove this thing that people are obsessed with about us, that they're not obsessed with other communities? If we could wave a magic wand, would we say, hey guys, hey humans, let's just call people by? Or let's just call people pan. And the truth is, in our community, we usually do. We don't do. We? It's just like, bi, pan, pan, gay, lesbian. Yeah. So maybe the caller is right. Maybe it's like, let, can we just stop pretending that bisexuality, maybe this person is bi. Can we just stop pretending that it's just about sex? Bisexuality is not just, I like to have sex with two people. It re- is representative of a larger way that you love. Mm, but I also think, but when people like, on the same thing, like when people hear like gay and lesbian, I think they still associate those things heavily with sex. I don't think it's like putting the word in. Mm, that's that. true. I think it's destigmatizing like our whole community away from just like who we're having sex with. That's true. And I think that that is a thing regardless of these three terms that we're referring to here. Yep. And, you know, even again, like, yeah, I have uh, like a lot of the time if I'm referring to a bi person, I would just say bi, pan. So now we have to segue into the next kind of part of his question, which is more, much more complicated and also interesting, which is non-binary, mm-hmm. mm, a few different definitions for people listening. I guess uh, do not, you're either both or none at all or everything under the sun. Like there are different people who attach themselves to different aspects of that. I feel as if I am both male and female. And then there's another group that say I am void of any of your labels and binary structure. And then there are people who are like, I just don't 
want those labels. But it's tapping out. Yeah, I'm tapping out. Yeah. And so naturally, when you have a conversation about being non-binary and you know that for you personally, not the world, your own personal experience, I'm talking at you about you. <laughs> Your own label. I love that. I'm obsessed. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> oh, it's so silly. Here's what you need to understand yeah, about. <laughs> listen here. <laughs> As someone who's not, shut up. <laughs> Queer people have been having this happen all the time. Now it's happening within the community. No, so, I love it. You're much more eloquent. Than I'm I trying to any. understand where he's coming from because yeah. I think it's right, but he's not wrong. So you're trying to understand what a non-binary person's lived experience would be like, or maybe you are non-binary and you do not feel that the binary structure makes sense for you. And yet, there are people within the non-binary community whose sexuality feels binary. How do I know that? I'm looking at someone who loves the word lesbian. Mm. It gives you power. Mm. It links you to your past. Mm -hmm. Swipe down to listen to the Cathed episode. That's how I know what I'm talking about here, right? And there are people who I have met who are non-binary that say they're bisexual. Mm Mm-hmm who say that they're pansexual. Mm -hmm. And so the listener is saying, wait a second. We've moved in a direction where we are acknowledging the fact that there are many a people, maybe the listener, who do not feel that the binary structure makes sense. And if that is true, why are we having sexual labels linked to a binary? I only like men. I only like women. Or I like men and women. Good question. Mm, It's a great question. What do you think? I think... We have kind of progressed in our understanding of bisexuality. And like I said before, like bisexuality, I think in definition is just being attracted to more than one gender. Um, And I think that there is also an argument to be like, yeah, why do we use? Because bi means two. Um, And that is, you know, problematic in a way. But I do think that we have kind of like evolved with the time. And I guess a lot like I speak obviously only from myself, but from other people that I have spoken to. And I've had these, I had these discussions really actually earlier on because maybe like so long ago now, like three years ago, I was sitting front row at a panel and a dear friend of mine was actually, actually everyone on the panel was a dear friend of mine, but I was sitting, there was a panel. I was with my partner at the time. I was there. I, the, I know you're talking about Abby's on the panel, Denny's on the panel. Yes, you, yes, yes, yep. yes, okay. yes, yes. And uh, there was actually a reference to this where someone on the panel said, um, you know, I used to identify as bi, but now I'm more pan because I don't want to be exclusive of trans people. Yes. And I was like, interesting, okay. Mm. And then had a discussion with my partner at the time who is trans and they explained this to me that like, no, you can be bisexual and still be attracted to trans people and non-binary people. Mm. This is how, like, you know. And I was like, oh, okay, and then kind of did more, like, you know, research on that. But I think the two truths kind of exist mm. at, at once, and it is a bit of a tricky, murky, um, I suppose, topic. Yeah. But I think I think most people, and it's also why we love queer, like, queer is just a, like... Easier. It's, it yeah, is. it's community. It's, like, it just encompasses it all. Um, So I always kind of just go back to that. I'm like, queer is just the greatest. I agree Um, I think this is really tricky because as someone in the community who interviews people in our community for a living, I want to seek to understand as much as I can about our community. And then I also want to make it easier for other people who might feel that this is out of reach. mm. They are not a member of our community. They don't know anyone in their community, but they want to do better. And then they go to seek to understand 
and even us in the community are confused. That's Mm. hard. Mm. It is hard. Why is it possible that some people within a label like bisexual really feel it's just two, and then there are other people who get just as much euphoria and power from from saying they're bisexual, but their definition is broader. Mm. And then those same people might go, well, pansexual exists. So just use that. Bi is two and pan is more. It's no gender. Sorry. It's like every, you know, it's not gender inclusive. And then if queer exists, which queer is this gorgeous umbrella term of all. And so I'm sure if a listener like this is saying, we're moving in a direction where we're trying to dismantle a lot of this. And some of those words might feel anti that. That's a specific question. Is bisexual non-binary phobic. And Mm. that is a question we have to be asking ourselves as a larger community. I'm sure there are people who hear that word and feel, I don't even believe in those words and feel that it's dangerous for us. And here is this entire label that sits against of what I represent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's complicated. Mm. It's really complicated. But I think it goes back to your interview that we did a year ago, which is, I know as someone outside, you really want to seek to understand as much as you can. Mm. But the power of those labels is for the person who holds them. Yes. I think that's what I always um, come back to. It's like for me, it's like everything matters and nothing matters. Everything Mm. is fluid, but there's also like these unique experiences that queer people have depending on, you know, what their journey has been, where they've come from, the spaces that, you know, they're a part of. And yeah, like for me you know, it is, contra- like, it seems like it contradicts itself, right? That, like, I'm non-binary and use gender-neutral pronouns and have kind of, like, tapped out of gender. But then I label myself a lesbian and someone's like, well, like, lesbians are, like, historically women and, like, then you're putting a label on yourself. So, like, you just fucking contradicted yourself. Yes. And I'm like, on paper, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I just did. Yeah. But to me, that is like, I can't even describe it. It's like being a genderqueer, non-binary lesbian. Like, it just like, it like lights up my soul. Like, I'm like, that is who I am. Mm. Like, and that has been informed by my experience as a queer person growing up closeted my whole life until I was like 20, 21. And like having the word lesbian used against me, being so fearful of that word and then like also with you know my gender like never feeling quite comfortable in my body and like that was obviously linked also to sexuality and Mm. like you know what I mean and coming to this place of peace and like it it's not like I hold them close to my chest and I'm like don't you dare take my labels away from me because at the end of the day you can't like that's what I know I am you know what I mean Mm. and it's really interesting for me like when I'm in like queer really queer safe spaces I feel I I feel like I can just take my top off and like that doesn't I mean literally Literally. sometimes (laughs) but like that those labels feel less important because I'm just seen as like what I am and there's like this real understanding through just like a knowing um and and then other spaces I feel like I need to put the top on to be like I need you to understand like this is who I am preach (laughs) at your birthday party this year I thought it was really interesting that I'm surrounded by all these beautiful queer people maybe I don't know every single person's identity but we never had to talk about it no one introduced themselves and said I'm this what we did was everyone respected that everyone could be or couldn't be but there was so much respect that if you did have a question about someone's life that's when you started to step into being a partner are you here with somebody like that's when you were acceptable it is you you have hit the nail on the head how sometimes in 
safe community. You actually feel no need to attach yourself to these labels that outside of it are incredibly important to you because it's so rigid. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I thought was quite beautiful about this human's question, when you take like a huge step back, is we can never unpick, even when we're in the community and even when we find our truth, that the world is obsessed with understanding and putting people in boxes. Even when you step away and into our community, we're still obsessed. Mm. And even in bisexuality, we still want to understand more. Mm. A label is not enough for us. We need to completely, fully comprehend. And I think where we're getting at, which is what's so beautiful about non-binary people finally being able to have their moment in the sun and like these people have always existed in many different shapes and forms throughout all of culture, but we're talking about it more, is a deep understanding of you keep, even in the question, wanting to understand further. And the reality is we are all not the same. Mm-hmm. And we'll never fully understand. And this goes whether you're straight, gay, non-binary, cis, like we're all like, like we're all so complicated. Mm. Like you're never, and I think human beings are obsessed just generally with, you know, it's why we're so like, think about like even the way we live our life. Like it's like this fixation on like death and like preserving life and understanding things. And like, you know, we never stop to actually think. And when you think, you realize that thing of like, I always go back to everything matters and like nothing matters at all. Yeah. You know? Well, it reminded me a little bit, you've just said something perfect about death and life and his one of the points of his question was bringing Christianity into it, something you and I know a lot about. Yes. Our understanding of sexuality, like if we can just erase a lot of the scripture entirely and, and, and faith at all and just go back to like what it meant to be a human before a written word, what it meant before we sent missionaries around to like educate about Catholicism or being Jewish— what you have is just humans living. Mm-hmm. We, we know from looking very far back into Aboriginal um, societies, Native American, that there were clearly humans who were nothing and everything, mm-hmm. our understanding now of what a non-binary person might be. So we had these humans. But then what we also know from our earliest text is that we used to sleep around and men had sex with men and mm-hmm. women mostly had sex with men, but still like the documented history of of men fucking men and not having this these labels attached to mm-hmm. it, like it being a sin, it being called homosexual. Those things didn't exist. Because everything was just fluid. We it didn't was, put words to it. And like at the end of the day, like those things just come down to power and control. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's important to acknowledge because I don't want to get Obviously, women slept with women. I just meant uh, the written text around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> because yeah, a lot yeah. of the written text is Women specific. definitely slept with women. <laughs> of Let's course. They real. always have. So they had to get an orgasm somehow. Yeah. It wasn't the men helping. No. But it reminds me of like, we mm. used to just talk to it about as far as the role in which you played. So it was just passive. It was just this word that was more focused on what role you played. It had nothing to do with gender at all. And so if you were a dude who went to Asana and you slept with a woman and a man and in both times you quote topped, you were in the ro- in a specific role and no one questioned what that meant, then all of a sudden religion comes into play and and here we have this specific obsession with the homosexual sin and the next thing you know medical 
practitioners studying and wanting to support this or go against it or understand it further. And so he's not wrong. Like a lot of these labels are used in a dangerous way. And if we could distance ourselves from them, which we have, we've said homosexual, like that's why I gasped when it was used for Jack Vision. I said, that is homophobic. Mm-hmm. That is what that is. Mm-hmm. And I, how do I know? Because it is, it's as dangerous. Also, it's irrelevant in that form. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. why? It's like saying, I don't know. Brittany, yeah. a heterosexual. I guess the que- the last question is then like, okay, so if you're confused by this and you want to do better, what could you do with the people in your life who have these labels to make sure that you're doing okay? Mm-hmm. And just like, yeah, I think understanding that everyone's sexuality is kind of relevant to them and trusting that people have unpacked that in themselves and there's mm-hmm. a reason why they are using that label and why that label feels important to them. Is there a way to ask that in a polite way? Like, have you have you found yourself doing that in a way that the person was left feeling like it was an appropriate way to ask it? I mean, people ask me questions like that a lot. Like, how how did you come to the labels that you use today? And I don't think that's a rude question at I all. I love that way. Yeah. So I think like if I was to ask someone, you know, that, I mean, I have a lot of bisexual, non-binary people in my life and I haven't felt the need to question it, but maybe I will after this. Mm. Not question it, but just like, you want to know their experience and maybe I would, you know, just say something and obviously it's all context dependent. Where am I? What's going on? Is it a safe space? But maybe just be like, how did you come to that label and why does it make you feel empowered? I would love to know. Mm. Um, To quote Denny Todorovic, like there's no such thing as a bad question as long as you're asking it with kindness. And if there's a way for you, that felt kind to me. mm. Even adding in this layer of, I just want to make sure I can be as respectful as possible or I'm really interested in in understanding more so that I can be a better ally or I'm confused. Are you in a good place where you might be able to answer? And if not, don't worry, I'll go go do some work on my own. Like there are Mm. all those little sentences that make interpersonal communication a whole lot easier for us. Yeah, and I think a lot of, I mean, like again, it's very context dependent and it depends, you know, where you are, et cetera. But I think queer people, if asked in, you know, an open respectful, um, yeah, empathetic manner, a very, well, the queers in my life are very happy to talk about, you know, their experience and um, share. Oh, very good question because it inspired thoughtful conversation. So I think eh, we don't always get to have public discourse around the nuances of our lived experience, right? They're not Mm. having gorgeous episodes of Q&A where they bring us on to answer this specific question because it feels so niche within our community. But I think the fact that it was asked, thank you, caller, uh, for asking it. And I think there are probably hours and hours more of this conversation. That oh, could we could had. go on and on and on, 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 but yeah, we won't. <laughs> if you are listening and you have follow-up questions, uh, you can jump into our DMs at Come Out Wherever You Are or email us directly at Come Out To Us. That's Come Out, T-O-U-S at gmail.com. And if you specifically have questions for Kath or just want to follow them because you love what you saw, where can people find you? Um, at Kath Ebbs on Instagram is probably your best bet. Thanks for coming on, babe. Love you to the moon. I love you too. Thanks for having me. Come Out Wherever You Are is presented by me, Sean Zepps. Our lovely producer is... Lindsay Grain. Our executive producer is... Lemma Zaharia. And we can't forget our audio producer... Chris Marsh. See you soon. <laughs>